Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of PewterReport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are finally in for today's show, which is a Wednesday, as we kind of finally put a bow on the 2023 season. I know yesterday's show for the Bucks, we talked the mock draft, which was very exciting, very entertaining. Uh, highly recommend everybody check out that show. But today and for tomorrow's show, we're, we're going to, like I said, put a final bow on everything that we watched and, and saw from this season. So today we'll give out some awards to the offensive side of the football um, and then tomorrow do the defense. So I'm your host, Matt Matera. Joined with me is the face that runs the place at pewterreport.com, Scott Reynolds. Scott, how are we doing? Doing good. Um, I'm excited. Uh, we're kind of doing some senior bowl prep, but today's show will be fun as well as tomorrow because we're talking about the MVPs and the award winners on offense and defense. So I'm, I'm pretty excited to get into to these selections here. Um, most of these probably won't surprise you because the standouts really stood out this year in yes. both directions, but we're going to recap them nonetheless. And, um, you know, it's it's certainly been an interesting season on offense, right? We're going to do offense today. Defense will be tomorrow. But to go from having um, so many changes on the offensive side, right, to go from a new offensive coordinator from Byron Lefwich to Dave Canales, mm -hmm. uh, installing a, a different system, uh, installing, um, you know, a different run game, um, no longer that, that kind of vertical pocket passing attack from, from Bruce Arians. And in the new quarterback, reshuffling the offensive line, Lou Gedeke at right tackle, Tristan Wirfs at left tackle, um, you know, new guards. Uh, there, there were so many changes. No more Leonard Fournette, right? You've got uh, Rashad White taking over and going wire to wire as the starter. So certainly um, some, you know, some um, big time uh, performances from that side of the ball. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it, it's funny to say that a team that is coming off of having Tom Brady as their uh, as their starting quarterback and, and team leader, and having a new offensive coordinator this year and signing Baker Mayfield, that the offense would be better. But that's exactly mm -hmm. what we saw, and that's why Dave Canales is getting some head coaching recognition and possibilities in the NFC South, particularly. So, <laughs> Bucks fans hope he doesn't sign elsewhere or become a head coach elsewhere because there's a lot to build on with this offense for yeah. some of the growing pains that we saw early in the season if you had your patience and you believed in this group and and you, you went week by week they did improve many yeah. different areas and it can only get that much better next season if the right people are brought back and if Dave Canal stays at offensive coordinator so yeah. uh, while the offense looked bleak at times, and maybe the outlook before the season wasn't too stellar. Yeah. Um, that's why they play the game, and it's not on that's paper. Right. And a lot of great things changed for the better for the Bucks this season. Yeah, there's no doubt. And I, I still don't think Dave Canales is going to, even if he's offered, take the Carolina job. Um, I know that there is some stability there. There's some familiarity with Dan Morgan, and I think that's why Canales is drawing so much interest, right, because those two were up in Seattle 
Morgan was there from 2010 to 2017 in the personnel department. Canales was obviously on the coaching staff. So there's that connection there. But man, if you're Dave Canales, that is a rebuilding job. And I know that you have a good track record with quarterbacks from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith to Baker Mayfield. And Bryce Young certainly is talented and has a lot of potential. There's just not a lot to work with in Carolina, Matt, on the offensive side of the ball. And, I mean, to go from – to take a Buccaneer offense that was averaging 18 points per game last year and improve it by three points, which that's a pretty significant improvement. Yes. That's that's three points, right? And I think you and I are both in agreement that, that an improvement from 21 points this year to 24 points next year would not be out of the question, right? That would be a good I marked agree. improvement. But – this is an offense that we're expecting Baker Mayfield to, to come back for, right? Mike Evans to come back for. Chris Godwin's here. Kate Odden made some serious strides down the stretch. Uh, Luke Gedeke is is rock solid at right tackle. Tristan Wirfs rock solid at left tackle. Cody Malkus is an improving player that has some real potential on the offensive line. Rashad White um, made huge strides this year. There's a lot to work with here in Tampa Bay. You go to Carolina. What is there, Matt? I mean, Adam Thielen. Oh, oh man, Adam Thielen was on a wide receiver out there, you know? I mean, no, there's not DJ Chark? There's, there's not a first-round pick either. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, he would have had the top pick. And so that's what kind of concerns me a little bit in this case with Canal. Because I'm in agreement with you. There's really not many tantalizing things over there that would make you want to go to Carolina. My concern more than anything else is because Dave Canales is such an upbeat, positive guy that believes in himself. Yeah. I worry that other head coaching candidates like the Ben Johnsons, the Slowicks, the Vrabels even go, mm -hmm. hey, thanks for the offer, but no, we're not going to do this because we don't want to go to this team. To the yeah. point that Carolina gets desperate to the point that <sighs> they even point, throw extra money at Dave Canales or yeah. – I don't know. Give him some type of power. Maybe not obviously make him GM. That'd be kind of crazy for sure. a first time ever head coach. But you know what I'm saying? A, yeah. a couple of things yeah. maybe behind the scenes that he has a little more say on than maybe even typically a head coach would have where Canales goes, you know what? I believe in myself. I already gambled with myself going to Tampa and being an offensive yeah. coordinator. Screw it. Why not? I got the talent there with Bryce Young. Maybe we tank in one season and then kind of make the move. Because you know what? You see it every year. There are teams that get a first-time head coach yeah. and you know immediately go to the playoffs. And maybe that doesn't happen with Carolina, but in two seasons from now, maybe that's the case. I mean, look at the Texans right now with yeah. Nico Ryans. Not many people believed in them, and you know, they made it to that second round of the playoffs and were at least tied going into halftime against the Ravens before the debacle in the uh, second half. So yeah. I, I, I totally get like – Get some more seasoning, learn more about yourself as an offensive coordinator and a play caller, and even how to build a staff and, and make connections in this league. I don't even know if Canales goes to to Carolina outside of Brad Idzik. Right. Who's he going to bring? What type of background does he have <laughs> to pull in? Like, I would imagine some people from Seattle, yeah. especially with that, would kind of break in the right direction with Pete Carroll. Yeah. Uh, no longer with the departure the there, right? Some other opportunities, but. Yeah, that, that's what I worry about more than anything else. It's not necessarily the Panthers wanting Canales, but nobody else wanting the Panthers, so Canales becomes that much more viable. Yeah, I, I think there's certainly some logic in that. I've had some conversations with Dave since the end of the season. It doesn't seem like he's leaning that direction. Even when he first got the initial interview, which was done via Zoom, the interview, the second interview, that's an in-person uh, interview like what uh, Mike Greenberg had two Saturdays ago. I just get the impression that he's doing this for experience and he wants to pull a Ben Johnson and stay here. And, and again, though, it's, it's tempting, right? I mean, it's one thing to interview for the job, right? Yeah. And, and to think about it and say, well, I'm going to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn this down. It's another thing, Matt, if, if they actually have that conversation and say, we want to hire you. We want you to be the guy. Here's your contract to go ahead and sign it. I mean, that's <laughs> a different situation because then it's not a, a theory, it's an actual offer, right? And so I, I'm with you. There there might be some, you know, um, temptation there. But I, I also think that, that Dave understands that, wow, if, 
if they're this hot after me after one season as a play caller, yeah, what's it going to be like in year two? Now, you look at Brian Johnson, who is the offensive coordinator in the Eagles. His stock has tanked as the Eagles tanked, as Jalen Hurts tanked at the end of the year. But the flip side of that is you look at Ben Johnson, whose stock has gone way up, even more so. And I think for Canales, if he's going to be a guy that's going to bet on himself, He's going to look at the Ben Johnson situation and say, well, Ben Johnson got some serious play last year, and he turned down those overtures. He wanted to go one more year with Dan Campbell and Jared Goff and continue to build and take this Lions team that was 9-8 and eight to, I don't know, where, where we're going to go in 2023. 12-5, uh, yeah. and five, win the NFC North, win two playoff games, put yourself in the division or the conference championship. So I, I still think he'll – He'll um he'll end up staying here when it's all said and done, but we'll see. One last thing before we get to the super chat from uh, Chris H. I'm surprised we haven't heard about anything with Todd Munkin as much lately because we've yeah. heard about the Lions coordinators interviewing even Aaron Glenn on the defensive side, but Todd Munkin we had talked about a while, for a while, and yeah. the Ravens are one game away from going to the Super Bowl, and yeah, it, a I, I think a little bit of age bias there, right? He's 57. Yeah, he's not one of these younger, younger whippersnappers who's you know in their thirties, uh, maybe early forties. He's fifteen years older than than Dave Canales, right? Yeah. So uh, even Raheem Morris, right, who still looks young and and all that, he's he's forty seven now, which you know time flies. But but I think with with Todd Munkin being fifty seven, maybe a little bit of age bias is going on. Remember, Bruce Arians didn't get his first coaching job till he was yeah. what, sixty. So yeah, um, very true. I think that's that's probably part of it. But we appreciate the super chat here from, from Chris H. Yes, we do. Thank you, Chris, for the dollar ninety nine super chat who says, I think we should draft the quarterback high in this draft. So this is a very interesting thought process. And obviously we're in a situation and we'll see with Mike Evans, with Baker Mayfield, yeah. who comes back this year. I don't know necessarily about the first round, but I don't hate drafting a quarterback this year or next mm -hmm. year, depending on what happens with Baker or what kind of contract that he gets and yeah. letting a quarterback sit. Oh, I guess they're doing this with Kyle Trask right now, but letting <laughs> a quarterback sit on the bench for a year or two and then become the starter. Because yeah. I get it in the past. The great example is always Aaron Rodgers did it and Pat mm -hmm. Mahomes did it. And it was always, well, you know, Mahomes is Rodgers and Mahomes were on teams that were winning 10 games a That's season right. and then yeah. their quarterbacks aged and then the new guy was there. Right. But now there's a, a sort of a similar thing. But now there's a new example with Jordan Love doing it right, right. now with the Packers after sitting for at least the season. So I don't know. I, I, I get throwing quarterbacks in right away and mm -hmm. throwing them into the fire and gaining that experience. A lot of times when you're the first overall pick, you kind of have to do that by choice because yeah. there's no one else there in the waiting but I don't hate the idea, Scott, of having yeah. a quarterback ready to go off of the bench. Who would it be, though, right? I mean, because yeah. if you're looking realistically, you're picking 26th, right? So yes. we, we have to imagine there's going to be at least three quarterbacks taken, right? You're looking at Caleb Williams, probably number one overall, Drake May, as high as possibly two. And I think Jaden Daniels, because of the success that Lamar Jackson's had, and they're, they're, they're two different types of players, but... But Jaden Daniels is a pretty unique talent, right? Yeah. So let's put him in into the top 10, right? If Anthony Richardson can go in the top 10, Jaden Daniels can. So those three guys are in the top 10. Then you probably have a team that's going to be hot for one more quarterback. Is that going to be Bo Nix? Is that going to be Michael Penix, who I think is probably a second rounder? I think Nix is probably mid to late first, maybe early second round. It, it, again, it, beauty's in the eye of the beholder when it comes to sure. quarterbacks. The other guy is J.J. McCarthy. Is he a first rounder or is he a second rounder? Right. So there's a little bit of, of you know, who who do you want? Who would it be? I don't think this team is enamored with Bo Nix, um, from what I understand. Michael Penix, you know, looked so good in, in the first round of the playoffs, and then the championship game looked so bad. And and there's there's some kind of questions about him and you know but, but again though you're not asking this guy to come in to start right you're yeah. you're going to resign Baker Mayfield this guy's going to be baking in the oven while Baker's baking on the field so really the question is is who the guy that I I think there might be interested in that I think would be a really good fit is Michael Pratt from yep. Tulane mm -hmm. and we're going to see him at the Senior Bowl 
And he's going to be a guy that I'm going to be looking at very carefully. I, I, I was a big fan of Tulane these last couple of years, obviously with Tajay Spears, a running back who yep. we loved last year, right? And, and had a really good showing at the Senior Bowl. And listen, they, they came into Manhattan, Kansas, which is not an easy place to get a win. And they beat Kansas State. They took Oklahoma at Oklahoma to the wire two years ago. And, and then they came back and beat Caleb Williams in USC. I think they were down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Came back to beat him. So Michael Pratt, you look at, at the win-loss record. That guy is special when it comes to just doing what it takes to win games. He's a gamer. I think in this Dave Canales offense, which features some, you know, some movement, some motion, some rollouts, I think he could be fantastic. And he wouldn't be a guy that you'd have to burn that first-round pick on. Maybe – at the top of the second round, but I think he might even be there in the third. It really depends on on how he looks in the senior bowl because if he does well there against the likes of Penix and Knicks who yeah. are playing in the senior bowl, if he can go throw for throw and toe for toe with those guys, he probably is a second-round pick. If he doesn't have a good senior bowl week, probably third or fourth round. Yeah, that would be a really fun one. I can't believe they put Penix and Knicks on the same team. I was kind of hoping they would uh, spread yes. them apart and yeah. we'd be able to enjoy both of them. But yep. we don't make the teams. Uh, yeah, I, I like that idea. I almost think that even waiting until next season would be more interesting because mm -hmm. we know – let's just say they re-sign Mike Evans. Yeah. Okay, so you bring back Mike. You have yep. Mike and Chris for at least another season before Chris Godwin becomes a free agent. But, again – if we're going kind of similar to your mock draft from yesterday, Scott, they address center, which is a need for this year. They get another weapon at wide receiver. Right. And then even if they don't get another tight end, maybe they get another tight end next season. Right. So in another year from now, you'd have two years with Baker Mayfield going into a third year with Baker Mayfield. Again, right. hypothetically, that he resigns with the team to at least a two-year deal. Then you find out how far can Baker really take this team? Because as great yeah. as he was, perfect game against the Packers, awesome mm -hmm. against the Eagles. He also did throw that interception at the end of the game in crunch time when you had yep. a chance to bring them back. So you would still have a quarterback that you can let sit for a year and you still get the benefit of Mike Evans, a young offensive line, Rashad White in at this point mm -hmm. would be his fourth year playing in a contract year, which obviously is always important to players. Yeah. So I almost think next year drafting a quarterback, letting them sit, that might be a way to go. But obviously yeah. – uh, we could talk about that more once. Sure. Uh, in the twenty twenty five draft, you've you've got uh, Drew Allar, the Penn State kid who has you know similarly buzz Shadur Sanders from Colorado, who yeah. probably has Deion Sun, probably a first round pick, right? Um, Quinn Ewers from Texas, he came back for another year, and uh, I'm not a huge fan of his, but he'll be a first rounder. I I'm pretty sure just based on his his arm talent. Carson Beck from Georgia, another guy that decided to come back. And I thought he showed some real promise at the end of the season as well. So probably three or four guys in the first round next year. You know, so we'll see. Yeah. Thanks to Mike Wells for this $10 super chat, as Mike says. Great show. As always, Matt and Scott. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Uh, are there any outside offensive free agents you kind of have your eye on? I would love guard Robert Hunt or center Andre James. I liked Robert Hunt a lot coming out of Louisiana. I thought he was a really good prospect. You could play him at right tackle. You could play him at guard. Um, I just It's, it's all going to come down to the price tag. I would say a guy to keep an eye on would be Aaron Brewer, the center from the Titans. He's the kind of guy that might be a good value center that could come in and, and um, give this team some flexibility. Matt, I think what's going to happen is you're either going to sign a free agent guard, hopefully someone better than Matt Filer, or sign a free agent center and then address the other position, whether it's guard or center in the draft. I don't think what they want in that interior offensive line is if you're going to, if you're going to dedicate uh, the center position as a, a position of upgrade, which I think it, it is and should be. So Robert Hansey to the bench, either Cody Malkin at center. And that's a little tricky because even though Ali Marpet played a year at center, it was his worst year out of all of the years he played either left or right guard. So you, you've got, okay, Cody, you, you played one year at guard. Now we're going to have you be a first-year starting center, right? That's a little tough. I wouldn't rule it out, but it's a, it's a little bit of a stretch. But regardless, Malk is going to be one of those three interior players. Do you want two other rookies 
in there with Cody Malk, a second-year player. Th- that that's what I think the Bucks want to avoid is have uh, rookie rookie second-year player or rookie second-year center as Malk, and then a rookie guard. You know that that's asking for trouble because you need to have a little bit of a veteran presence up there in that interior. That's why I think if they go at it and they get a, a player like Aaron Brewer, who maybe even has some position flexibility where he could play guard, then then you all right, we've got a veteran, we've got Cody Malk who's in second his second season, and now we'll we'll draft a rookie and it's it's not as young and inexperienced in that that interior offensive line. Yeah, I think outside of after using a lot of their cap room, and remember they have not a crazy amount, but more cap room yeah. than last year. After re-signing a lot of their guys, Mike Levante, et cetera, et cetera. I think, yes, they'll still try to get some bargains, but there'll be one new free agent that they pour a little yeah. bit of money to. And obviously, interior offensive line, I think, what is one of those targets. Or strong safety might be the other. But I'm with you about having a, a veteran guy in that middle interior yeah. because you got the leader in Tristan Wirfs. It doesn't look like Ryan Jensen is going to be able to keep playing in the NFL. Right. And that's obviously yeah. super, super unfortunate. Uh, but they have gone that route before when they signed sure. Ryan Jensen of bringing in that veteran center. And I, I think that's I think a good way to. The other thing, too, in free agency is there's there's three really three waves of free agency, right? There's yeah. there's that initial wave, which is the first 24 Star hours. Where, gets big yeah, the, the, the crazy contracts are, are, you know, like out of sight. Then. Then there's that second wave where the and this is kind of what happened to Jamel Dean and Levante David, right? They didn't yeah. get that high end dollar that they thought they were going to get, so they had to take less. And so I think the Buccaneers they might be able to get a guy that they think is out of their price range, but then doesn't go in that initial wave because there's only so many so much money on so many teams, right? They can go in and be big spenders. So if you've got let's say five teams that that are willing to invest in big time interior offensive linemen that have they're flush with cash, plenty of cap room. Well, what happens to that sixth guy, right? He might be that odd man out yeah. where it's almost like musical chairs where he's standing there thinking, well, I thought I was going to get, you know, $10 million per year. And then he's like waiting a couple of days in, into the second wave of free agency. And the bucks say, Hey, would you come down to Tampa for 7 million rather than 10 million per year? And he Stay looks at it and says, that's right. It's, it's, he looks at it and says, "Well, I'm getting an offer for eight million to play for the Bears, and seven million. I'm actually making more money because there's state income tax in Illinois that there's not in Florida. I'm going to go to the Bucks, right? And then the Buccaneers get what they think is a, uh, a, a a tier one player for a tier two price. So that that's something that could happen as well. Yeah, patience is big in uh, in free agency. Yeah, and we. Re- Learned that with the Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean and even Levante David deal. Yeah, so, uh, exactly. Yeah, definitely have some patience when uh, the, uh, when the free agency gets here in a couple of months. Yeah. Thank you to Samuel Fisher for this $5 super chat. <clears throat> he says, will we ever start our future GOAT quarterback, Kyle Trask? He sat behind Brady, and I'm worried about him leaving when his contract is up to a team that will start him. Well, Samuel is a uh, Traskaholic. Thanks for the super chat, Samuel. And you know what? Listen, I'm not saying Kyle Trask is going to be a great player one day or a Pro Bowl player. There is a little bit, a little bit of that, like, what if, like, hey, we got to see him play at yeah. all. Um, but he didn't beat out Baker Mayfield and the whole coaching staff, including Dave Canals, who has no loyalty at all whatsoever yeah. to Baker or to Kyle Trask, went in there and said, Okay, I'm taking Baker. Baker's going to be our guy. And then we saw what we did, Baker did this season. Right. I honestly think the best course of action for Kyle Trask is to just re-sign with the Bucs yeah. and continue to be the backup and then bide and wait your time to yeah. try to get into a situation with another team one year where they're not good enough to get like an early draft pick and draft the quarterback, but they don't have a current quarterback in the moment. So you sign with that team and get yourself into another quarterback competition. Yeah, if I'm Kyle, that that would be my advice to Kyle Trask if I'm part of his. I'm with you or whatever. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you for sure. So, um, let, let's dive into today's show topic, and uh, we'll we'll throw out some awards and we'll mix in some more super chats and some yes, of your comments as as we we roll along here. But um, this first one I know is going to shock a lot of people. We're talking about the Bucks MVP on offense. 
And uh, boy, after, gosh, how long did we deliberate on this, Matt? Was it two seconds or three? Uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, I put the over-under at one and yeah. a half. Bucks MVP on offense, Mike Evans, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. What a season for Mike Evans, uh, too. And, and I'll tell you what, I, I was thinking about what to say about Mike Evans, and, and I think the most appropriate thing to say is, is this guy is an absolute professional. And he was in a different position this year. And I don't mean position like, like playing, you know, like X versus slot. Z, whatever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He was in a different position where where the team said, hey, you've been an icon here, but we want you to prove it. We want you to prove one more season at age 30 that you are the guy that, that's, that's going to be the 23, $25, 26000000 million man, whatever. And Mike Evans went out there, and he wasn't happy about it, but – you talk about handling it the right way. I think yeah. there's two guys that just put on an absolute clinic in terms of how to handle your contract year. And that's Mike Evans on offense and Antoine Winfield on defense. And it's a little bit different because Mike has already proven himself, right? Yes. He's in year 10. Winfield, he's on his first contract. He's on his rookie deal. So it's a different different type of, of respect where Mike's like, really? I mean – in, in nine years, I haven't proven myself that I, I deserve a new deal. But he went out there and just balled out and had one of his best statistical seasons. And I, I'm just really proud of the guy because I've covered every minute of his career. 79 catches, 1,255 yards, which is more yardage than he's had since catching 86 passes for 1,524 yards back in 20. 18 and after his touchdowns dipped down to six last year matt boom they're back up to 13 and and how many times matt did mike evans get tackled at the one yard line this year right yeah a couple times i mean that never very well could have been 15 touchdowns yeah and he went a couple of games towards the uh the end of the season with that's uh yeah he scored one in Detroit, obviously, but he went three games without scoring a touchdown against New Orleans, Carolina, and the Eagles. And it was like, oh, my God, wait, what? Mike Evans didn't score a touchdown because he was doing it that consistently, whether they were winning, whether they were losing, whether they were tied. Yeah. Um, speaking of tied, he the 13 touchdowns, as we talked about, tied the NFL lead with Tyreek right. Hill. So uh, not only was he playing well for the Bucks, literally no one scored more touchdowns than him yeah. as a receiver this season um yeah a, a different type of year for him with the contract talks and obviously just a big change going to baker mayfield and and mike has been through this before i mean again his quarterbacks johnny manzel uh mccown ryan right. fitzpatrick Jameis winston tom brady mike lennon mike yeah. lennon yeah. i knew i was missing someone yeah. and now baker mayfield he just mm -hmm. produces year in and year out He's the ultimate professional. He's the greatest offensive player in Buccaneers history. And I know some people are going to ding him for the drops and some of those plays that happened this year. Yeah. But I would counter that with where would this offense be this oh, season yeah. without Michael Lynn Evans? That's because right. I don't think they averaged the more points this season than they did last year. Yeah. Uh, I don't think they win a couple of games without what Mike Evans did. So, um, <laughs> As far as the priority list of, of needing to re-sign people, he's very, very close to the top. And I, I don't think there's really much of a question who should have been the, the MVP because it's yeah. Cynthia Roach says the 2023 MVP should be Baker Mayfield. Well, you know what? Um, we were not going to let Baker Mayfield get out without getting an award himself. Yes. And he is the, the best free agent acquisition on offense. Um this was a real toss-up between he and Matt Filer. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, Baker Mayfield was was the clear guy here. He came in, won the job from from the start of, of really the, the OTAs uh, is where he really kind of put his stamp on the team. Matt, you and I were there watching some of those early OTA practices. The first thing we noticed about Baker Mayfield was was not his arm. It was the fact he was doing calisthenics with the defense yeah. Right? You this, <laughs> this, Vea, yeah, this white Vea. jersey in a sea of red jerseys, right? Levante, David, Vita Vea, Logan Hall, all those guys were over there. And Baker's like, I want to warm up with the defense, man. And it just, he ingratiated himself as a leader, not just of the offense, 
not just of that huddle, but the entire team. And then, then that performance up there in Minnesota, we saw Baker's grit on full display, right? The stiff arm on the run, uh, running, picking up some first downs, uh, bouncing out of sack attempts. And I think really from that first game on where they had to come back to win, man, it just, you know, it just, he took this team and just said, uh, you know, let's, let, let's go for it. And, and they, they end up winning the division again with a new quarterback and a new system. And boy, for $4 million, I mean, what is yes. Jason Light doing, man? First Shaq Barrett for $4 million, now $4 million <laughs> for a starting quarterback in Baker Mayfield. Come on, Jason, what are you doing? With all this, this, what are you doing, Jason? Steals and free agency. Scott, that's so funny you say the mention the the, uh, the Shaq Barrett thing because I was thinking that as well in terms of just low risk, high reward guy. Now, obviously, even Shaq was way more unknown than Baker Mayfield yeah. was, but to get to bring in Baker and do what he did this season, I think there are four reasons why he's the best free agent acquisition. One, there weren't really too many free agent acquisitions, so <laughs> by the yeah. season Baker had, he was going to get it. Two, the money. Right. An absolute bargain. $4 million plus a couple more incentives that he not just hit, but he earned. Yes. That he absolutely earned. And again, you look around the NFC South and the money they are paying Derek Carr and the quarterback turmoil yeah, he that, him. that the Panthers are in right now. Yep. And whatever's going on with Atlanta, whatever will go on with Atlanta. Uh, Baker Mayfield proved this year he is the best quarterback in the NFC South. So the yeah. money was a big part of it. Um the, the yards and the stats and everything makes him the most important mm-hmm. free agent acquisition and probably the most important. So I'm saving the best for last. That chemistry, like you yeah. mentioned, lining up with the defensive guys, building that camaraderie yes. with this team, training camp, bunking with with Tristan Wirfs and Gedeke mm-hmm. in the offensive line. Tristan Wirfs coming out every day and saying, Baker's a dog. Everything yep. Chris Godwin's had to say about him. Happy Mike birthday, Evans Tristan, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday, yeah. Tristan Works. Happy belated birthday to Levante Davis. That's who right, was, yes. uh, Yesterday, so yeah. a good time for Bucks players and their birthdays. But yeah, absolutely. Baker Mayfield, best free agent acquisition. Maybe he'll win it again. Well, I guess Mike Evans could probably win a best free agent acquisition. But it, no, that would be best re-signing because we're yeah. talking about uh, guys that have been on the team. But yeah, shout out to Baker. Just yeah. An unreal season. I, I texted uh, Tristan Wirfs, "Happy birthday!" and 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 you know he and I talk bourbon a lot. We're big bourbon connoisseurs, and I said, "Hey, drink some good bourbon today on your birthday." But you know what? In hindsight, I probably shouldn't have even said that. I probably should have just said, "You know, have a Celsius, right?" Because Celsius essentials better than bourbon. I mean, they serve different purposes. But listen, if you're if you're a workout enthusiast, if you're going to the gym, or if you just need a, a pick me up in the morning. Uh, it's really Celsius essentials. I had the cream sickle. I'm sorry, it's the orange sickle. Um, it I think of the Bucks cream sickle, but it's the orange sickle. But then there's other flavors: the dragonberry, the blue crush, the cherry limeade. And what I love about these, Matt, aside from the taste, which you're never going to get disappointed when it comes yeah. to Celsius taste. But what I love is the extra caffeine, and it's a big can too. It's not the skinny cans. So if you want. Um, like a supersized Celsius. This is the this is the trick right here. The Celsius Essentials. Oh yeah, absolutely love the Celsius Essentials. Uh, just got my shipment the other day. I'm very excited to crack them open. Um, you can find Celsius Essentials at Seven Elevens nationwide. You can get the three flavor variety pack over at Walmart, and uh, they're rolling out nationwide to select retailers. And soon enough, you can get them on Amazon. So get the new Celsius Essentials or Get the original Celsius as well. Could be the Cosmic Vibe, Sparkling Orange, Sparkling Watermelon, or the Strawberry Lemonade or the Arctic Vibe. If you need to know where to find any Celsius energy drink when you're out and about, go to the Celsius store locator, punch in your address, and it'll tell you the closest location to pick one up. Could be a health and fitness store, uh, convenience store, or maybe your bodega. Bodega. And once you keep going to your bodega and you want more, you want to get it in bulk, that's when you go back to Amazon. Get that variety pack because variety is the spice of life. You can have it sent to your place of residence whenever you want. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. You're in charge. Uh, just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick. I know we'll be having plenty of Celsius when yes. we're on our way to Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. So uh, shout out to Celsius, the official energy drink of yep. the report. I've already got some cases to bring uh, for the Peter Report crew and Mobile. 
and we're excited about that trip. It's always a fun trip. Um, we, we, we're up to no good. We have a bunch of shenanigans on the road and you know, a lot of stuff we can't even talk about really, but we are going to talk a lot about the senior bowl prospects. And, um, you know, if you're enjoying this peer report podcast, the great thing is, is the week is not over. Why? Because we have got one more show tomorrow and that is going to be our defensive, uh, MVPs as well. So we're going to have that uh, on tap for tomorrow, as well as uh, our senior bowl preview show. So there's there's plenty of episodes coming up, and um, we'll have we'll be back at four o'clock tomorrow. And, and what do we talk about, Matt? So we can let the Peter people know we're doing shows at in prime time next week on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday yes. at seven p.m. That's our tentative time. Yeah, because, yeah, we uh, will announce it everybody yeah. on social media, but those are the plans right now. Yeah. Uh, we'll have a, a Senior Bowl, as, as Scott mentioned, a Senior Bowl kind of preview show on Monday and then recap um, days two and one and two on Tuesday and Wednesday. Then we're heading back to Tampa, so travel schedule kind of mixes things up a little yeah. bit, but we'll be sure to uh, recap and review the last day of the Senior Bowl yeah. as well, maybe on that following Monday. But a lot of great draft content coming up and just overall Bucks content uh, as well. So stay tuned to Peter Report. Um, and we're getting yeah. a glowing review from uh, Jonathan Rivera as well with this super chat of nine ninety nine. Thank you to Jonathan. He says, Peter Report is a must-watch year-round for diehard Bucks fans. Parallels it. with the rise of Lions and this Tampa Bay team. The Lions were nine and eight last season. Took a massive leap this year. Any news on the end of light? Uh, sorry, any news on the light end of season presser? Presser? Um, not going to happen. Uh, we we got word yesterday from the Buccaneers that Jason will talk probably before the the combine, and then he'll also be talking at the combine. So there there'll be some opportunities, but not until probably middle to late February is what it looks like. Yeah, I mean, that's all right. Uh, we'll, we'll do plenty of coverage in the meantime yep. and, and get more from Jason when we uh, when we hear from him. Exactly. Thanks to Catamax for this $5 super chat. I'm optimistic that Mayfield and Trey Palmer will have much better chemistry next season. Baker missed him on some deep throws, and Palmer had mistakes also. Yeah, there was a little bit of time where Trey Palmer had the multiple fumbles uh, in, in several games in a row. and. Yep couple of drops in the middle of the season but hey i mean he had the big play against the eagles that's a great thing to build upon and i would if they can if they can really hit their stride baker mayfield and trey palmer i mean watch out because i think yeah. trey palmer's a better deep threat than scotty miller ever was uh, i agree a little bit more size than than scotty as well and a little more break tackle ability and a bit of a better route runner than, yeah. than Scotty Miller and just having that speed weapon of someone that can do the go route, but not necessarily run that every single time. I don't think the Bucks should stop at wide receiver just because Trey I'm with you. Yeah. But again, just having another weapon, like I would love, this is no disrespect to Devin Tompkins, but right. I would love if Trey Palmer became the consistent solid motion guy on yeah. those end rounds. And I get it. Tompkins is very quick too, but he's smaller. I agree. Tompkins really, really needs the space to get the end yeah. around, get up the field. Palmer, I think can do a little bit better in traffic and making a guy miss and turning yeah. five yards into 10 where I don't think Tompkins. Necessarily right. And he's also a bigger body, right? I'm with you. So he can, he can shed some tackles, break some tackles where Devin Tompkins, <laughs> he goes down to first contact because he's, he's pretty small. So. Yeah, and he wakes up pissed off every game. He's always playing pissed off. Yeah, no doubt. Let's continue on with our awards, shall we? We've we've already mentioned Bucks uh, MVP wide receiver, um, Mike Evans on offense. And then on offense, the best free agent acquisition, Baker Mayfield. Most improved. This one was was a little bit of a toss-up here because it could have gone two ways. But the guy we went with is Luke Gedeke at right tackle. Listen, Rashad White had a fantastic year, and this is probably like a neck-and-neck neck race, right? But yes. the thing with Gedeke that you have to like is right tackles, left tackles, they're so hard to find, to find good ones, right? You think DeMar Dotson, who was an anchor at right tackle for so many years, uh, and then Tristan Wirfs was an instant Pro Bowl caliber player and you know a, a an all-pro at that position. And, and now he's a franchise left tackle, which I think he's going to be back to Pro Bowl form next year. 
Yeah, Paul Gruber at left tackle. Tackles, when you can get two really, really good bookend tackles like these guys, th- that's that's worth gold, man. And and not to discount Rashad White, but running backs are a little bit more dime a dozen. And Rashad White was exceptional. I mean, he yeah. had 1,500 yards. He was the fourth best running back in terms of all-purpose yardage. Missed 1,000 yards by, by 10. But, man, Luke Edeke, I, I think... We were so quick to look at him and say, wow, I mean, one more bad year and this guy's officially a bust because he struggled mightily at left guard. But Matt, as as bad as he was at left guard, he was just as good at right tackle. Yeah, he was. I mean, once he went on the Peter Report podcast, a lot of things changed That's for him true. Uh, going into the season. And yeah, I mean, if there were Bucks fans out there that want to argue that Rashad White is most improved, I'd say, you know what? You're not really wrong. Like yeah. it was, it was very, very close in that sense, and in a weird way. And it's, it's not the fault of Rashad by any means, but Luke Kedeke had such a poor rookie season, and the coaching staff didn't do him any favors right. until benching him way later than he should have been benched because Kedeke was so bad last year that there was so much uncertainty going into the season, and with him playing a new position. Yep. There were a lot of what-ifs about mm-hmm. this offensive line, and Luke Gedeke was a big part of it, where it was like, if it doesn't work out with Luke Gedeke, this offensive line is absolutely screwed, That's at least right. for one season. Yes. Where Rashad White, it was, hey, let's see if he can be a starting running back. There's things that we already like about him. Can he take the full reins as a starter? We yep. learned, yes, Rashad White can be a full-time starting running back, but there was always that... And if he struggles, if he falters, you can go to Chase Edmonds or, as we've seen, you know, Dalvin Cook's playing for the Ravens now and yeah. had a solid run where they could have brought in – I'm not saying Dalvin Cook specifically, but they could have brought in another veteran and and probably get some type of, of job done, maybe not as good as Rashad White. Now, right. Rashad, I know a couple of times he stopped running because he got the first down and that just killed the clock, so he didn't get a 1,000 yards because of it, but – if Rashad got that thousand yards, maybe uh, another touchdown or two, this could be a different conversation. But this isn't to knock what Rashad White didn't do. This is to praise what yeah. Luke accomplished this season. The number of different stud edge rushers that he went up against, including the first game of the season against the right. Hunter. I mean, oh, yeah. week in and week out, um, you, you saw the the progression. Cam Jordan, right in yeah. week four. You had Hassan Reddick in week three with the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, he he passed the, the test early. And, and there's some things to clean up, right? I mean, he had 12 penalties this year. He was the most penalized Buccaneer. I think that's going to change. Yeah. I, I think he's going to make strides in, in that. But, I mean, when you look at the PFF grades, too, and you have to take them with a grain of salt. But yeah, Tristan Wirfs. hates PFF. Yeah, exactly. Tristan Wirfs was the best offensive lineman in Tampa. And Luke Edeke was the second best. And and I think just when you look at the, I think I think that passes the eyeball test, right? I think we can sit there and say Tristan Wirfs was the best offensive lineman and, and Luke Edeke was the second best offensive lineman in Tampa. I mean, and that, that kind of jives. And so, yeah. um, so for that, uh, you know, standpoint, I, I think that he's, he's certainly uh, deserving of that, that honor. We have some more super chats, Matt. Yes, we do. Uh, starting with Brian Yukic. Thank you for the $1.99 Super Chat, Brian, who says, Hey, guys, I know it's off subject, but I never heard your thoughts of the end of the game debacle. Uh, not sure how you can't call a timeout to give yourself a shot. This alone should get fired. Terrible management. Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to talk about it. So, Bull said that there wasn't like a gentleman's agreement with him and Dan Campbell. Right. I don't know if that's necessarily true, but both teams messed up. The Lions messed up by mm-hmm. just snapping the ball and taking a knee too early. And Todd Correct. Bowles absolutely messed up by not calling a timeout there. And yeah. his uh, response and reasoning saying, well, the game was pretty much over. If they kick a, if they kick a field goal, they go up by yeah. 11. So that's where he's wrong. You the, the thing is, you have to at least force the Lions to make a decision, whether That's it's right. kick, go for it, or punt. Now, if they right. kick the field goal and they hit it, I agree. The game's done. You're down 11 right. with however many seconds left. But 
if the Lions botch the snap, botch right. the hold, miss the field goal, that still gives you about because there was 34 seconds mm-hmm. after the last knee. So you call a timeout there. That's 34 seconds. A kick takes about five seconds. So you're getting about right. 29 seconds there. It's still quite unlikely that you go right. 69 yards down the field, t- score a touchdown, and get yeah. the two-point conversion. But, but if you get a block, you can scoop and score, right? Yeah. And, and and a block at that point in time probably puts you just, you know, almost to midfield, right? Like on the other side of that. So, you know, I, I'm and with you. you. Get a Hail Mary. Remember the Bills That's game? That's right. Chris Godwin looks the other way. He's making that catch. Or yep. pass interference, you know? Pass interference, yeah. you catch the ball out of bounds, and there's a have to give yourself or, a chance or, or roughing the passer. And for yeah. a team that always talked about fighting together, overcoming adversity, I think they would have liked one more, one more swing. At yeah, it. so fight to the end. Again. And then for Bowles, his last, his last question and his last answer yeah. at that press conference was, "Well, like, what's the point of taking a timeout if you can't take advantage of it? You could have taken advantage right. of it." So. Yeah, yep. I, I disagree with what Todd Bowles had to say. I totally agree. I, I'm with you a thousand percent on that one, Matt, for sure. Yeah, that was a uh, bad gamble by uh, Todd Bowles. But if you guys want to make some good gambling, you can go and do it over at mybookie.ag using the promo code Pewter. That's P E W T E R. My bookie's got all the great options for you between football, the prop bets that you can make for football. I can't wait to make some Super Bowl prop bets especially the national anthem and heads or tails. Uh, But you don't have to do just football. They got all the different sports. Check out their prop bets. Check out their online casino. Went up to uh, $200 in cash and get a first deposit bonus when you sign up with the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. Free money in your MyBookie account. That's a great deal. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So check out mybookie.ag. Use the promo code Pewter. That's P-E-W-T-E-R. And have a look at their online casino as well. You don't even have to leave your living room. And you can go to the casino over at mybookie.ag. Yeah. We're going to continue on here. And uh, the most disappointing uh, offensive player, um, you know, I think the easy – uh, answer would have been Matt Filer, but uh, to yeah. be perfectly frank with you, I don't know that I expected him to even be a wire-to-wire starter, right? Um, I'm not surprised that he lost his starting job, but it, he did not have a, a very good training camp. He was kind of penciled in at left guard. Keyshawn Vaughn, you know, he was he was a backup, so you, it's hard to yeah. sit there and point the finger at like a, a backup player and say you're most disappointing. But I'm glad I'm glad that they cut Keyshawn. It was it was probably one of Jason Light's worst draft picks in terms of value, not worth a third round pick whatsoever. But you know, Hansey to me, Matt, did not really make any strides. I think we've already seen the ceiling of Robert Hansey. And I think this is this was the same guy this year as he was the first year. Um incrementally better in some areas. Sure. Um, he's a smart player. I think he helped the Buccaneers with some of the line calls, but if, if this team really wants to get serious about really upgrading the running game, they got to get somebody a little bit more stout and more aggressive um, and, and, you know, n- n- knock some junk in the dirt kind of guy, right? Like a Ryan Jensen type. Yeah. They've really missed that physical tone setter in the middle and and I just think Hainsey has plateaued. This he is what he is. This is you know second year of of average play, and and yeah, uh, I, I, I think it's disappointing that we didn't see him take a bigger step. And you know what? Physically, maybe he can't. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like I don't think Robert Hainsey is a bad player, but at the same token, I don't think he's a good player. He's just yeah. fairly average, a C to C minus player. Yes. Bingo. And, you know, you can win games with it. But I think even the, the the Lions game, and Scott, you always talk about that last games of the season can kind of really truly tell you where you need to improve and where you need to get better. And yeah. Hainsey struggled pretty badly. Like the D-line of the Lions kind of took it to, to Robert Hainsey in that game. So, yeah, yeah he's probably the, the top proponent of most disappointing. You could yeah. make a case for – like a combination of Matt Filer and, and Aaron Stinney, but you yeah. know, they replaced Filer. He got hurt, but they also replaced right. Filer. Stinney had a bad run for a little bit, but also, I mean, he's a guy that they won a Super Bowl with. So, yeah, yeah you'd like to see an improvement. There's obviously great chemistry. I know he's very tight with yeah. Tristan Wirfs and, and 
get a key. But if they can improve, I think that's where the Bucs should really go, especially speaking with the offensive line. And then our next award is, is best rookie. And, you know, some might say, well, was Cody Malk the most disappointing? PFF would certainly make you believe that. They really graded this kid hard. They really yeah. did. But I, I think when you look at his snaps in a vacuum, yeah, he, he had some ugly snaps. There's no doubt about it. But you have to factor in a couple things. With Robert Hansey, when he started last year for Ryan Jensen, and when I mean last year, I meant the 2022 season, he was not a rookie. This was a guy that, that had already transitioned from Notre Dame right tackle behind the scenes to center and had that kind of redshirt year where he played sparingly in, in junk time, trash, garbage time, a couple of games. So when he was ready to take on the reins of the center position after Jensen's injury, he he'd already adjusted to life in the NFL. He'd already been through the offseason program, et cetera. This is a situation with Malk where you're playing in North Dakota State, which is kind of like the Alabama of the FCS, but it's still the FCS. It's not Alabama. <laughs> it's, it's not FBS football. And he was a left tackle there, and he made the transition to right guard. We saw him play the interior offensive line. In Mobile, he was on our radar. He was a Bucks best bet that we had, along with Yaya Diaby last year uh, from the Senior Bowl. And I, I think that, that when you look at, at the, the offensive rookies, right, and there's only a couple to choose from because we're looking right. at mostly defensive players, I, I think that this is a guy that was wire to wire. He did not miss a single start at right guard. And, Matt, he was head and shoulders better than Luke Gedeke was at left guard last year as a rookie. Exactly. For best rookie, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, your only options really are Cody Mauk, Trey Palmer, and and Payne Durham. So right. like on tomorrow's show, when we talk about best rookie on defense, that's going to be yeah. a great conversation. And I think everyone knows where we're going to uh, go with that. But yeah, I mean, yeah. Cody Mauk, I think starting from day one all the way to the end of the season, he's hard-nosed. He's willing to, to get scrappy and, and get dirty. Yeah. Um, I know Angelina S had a comment before that said that she's calling it already that he's going to be most improved next season. Yeah. yeah, I think that's important. He was already ahead of um, of Luke Gedeke of what he was doing last year. We saw the jump that Luke Gedeke made, even though it was yeah. a different position. So uh wouldn't hate to see Cody Mauk make that same type of uh, progression because he's a fun guy, good to talk to in the locker room as well. And uh, he could mean a lot to this, to this Bucks offense. I mean, I'm not calling him Ali Marpet, but – we all right. know how important Ali Marpet was as a guard on this no team. Doubt. And who knows, maybe Cody Mouth could be the next one. And, and, you know, and Ali Marpet was also a, a small school senior bowl guard, right? That Jason Light drafted where? In the second round. And yeah. I think he might be more Alex Kappa than, than Ali Marpet, but Alex Kappa, yet another player from the senior bowl who played left tackle in college that made the inside transition to guard. So, uh, listen, Jason Light, and the Buccaneers, they've mined the Senior Bowl for offensive line talent. And that's why we're going to be there yeah. next week. And our Senior Bowl preview show will be 7 o'clock Eastern time on Monday night after we arrive in Mobile. Bucks Senior Bowl targets, if that guy looks familiar, it's Chris Braswell. He is a top of our initial Pewter Report mock draft, the pass rusher from Alabama. He will be there. So we're going to be taking a look at him, plus all of the interior offensive linemen for the Senior Bowl. Somebody mentioned Trey Palmer earlier, and he is our breakout player in 2024. Uh, I think he's the guy that, when you look at at the the players that have already established themselves, and I think Mouse is going to take uh, some big strides. But Trey Palmer, I think, is a player that when we saw him flash at the end of the season, if those flashes can be more like a steady stream of light, a bright light, the Buccaneers really could use a consistent weapon at number three in terms of, of their wide receiver depth chart. And I think Palmer was inconsistent. But Matt, this guy has the potential with Mike Evans returning and with Chris Godwin back for another year. All that attention paid to those two big dogs. If he can get on more yeah. of, of, a, of a wavelength with Baker Mayfield, look out. Oh, man, I would love for Trey Palmer to be a late round pick in fantasy football where no one sees it coming from him. Yeah. And then wham, Dave Canales, hopefully if he's back, like just 
dial something up for Trey Palmer on a consistent basis when teams try to take Mike out of the game or Chris out of the game. And as you said, the, the potential's there, which yeah. is, is very excited about him. He was able to score touchdowns too, yeah. which not every guy coming in is, is able to accomplish. So he's got the touchdown thing down. Yep. It's the uh, it's the yards and everything else. I agree. Uh, that he's got to do so. Yep. So uh, whether it's Cody Malk or whether it is Trey Palmer, I think those are some candidates for the the breakout player. We picked Trey Palmer, but I think one thing we all agree on from the offensive side of the ball, where's the biggest need in 2024? Interior offensive line, and that oh, yeah. that's Oregon's. Jackson Powers Johnson. He is probably the top-rated center in this year's draft. And guess what, Matt? He's going to be in Mobile. He's going to be at the Senior Bowl, too. We're going to get a look at him. He was the Bucks' second-round pick in yesterday's mock draft that's out on pewterreport.com. I'm going to drop that in the chat just in case you didn't have a chance to read it. Pewter people, you can you can check that out. But uh, that is our award show for today. We have some more Super Chats to get to, Matt. So let's Let's yes. round out the show with some of those, shall we? Yes, we do. Uh, starting with Mike Wells. Thanks again, Mike, for another $10 super chat. It says, Matt and Scott, what do you think the timeline is on trying to re-sign some of our bigger name free agents like Mike Baker and Antoine Winfield Jr.? Um, I think Mike is going to hit free agency. I think, I think they want to see what number he fetches. And the relationship between he and Jason Light is so strong that that it's going to be, Mike, this is our plan for free agency for you. We want you back. You want to come back. We don't know what that number is. We know what you want, but we don't know what the market value is. So go out there and get that number and bring it back to us. Now, keep in mind, Florida with no state income tax, if there's a team like Chicago that has a bunch of cap room, if they make an offer to Mike Evans and it's a, a million or two more, it's actually might be break even or even cheaper in Florida, when you consider there's no state yep. uh, income tax here. So I think that's the plan there. Wouldn't be surprised if, if they did that with Baker, too, just to gauge his market. Jason Light does not let the players he wants to, to re-sign get away, though. So it, it's it's going to be test-free agency. Find your number, bring it back to us, and, and we'll either make a counteroffer or we will match it. Yeah, and I think Antoine, it could be a thing where <clears> – <throat> Maybe the franchise, franchise tag. tag him. Yeah. yeah, franchise tag and then try to come to a deal. The Baker one is really, I think, the most that is kind of up in the air because yeah. the Bucks want him, but what happens with Canalis and right. what team goes crazy and says, oh, my God, Baker, you have to be our guy. So the yeah. Baker one, I think, is most up in the air. Yep. Thanks to Mark Fisher, a.k.a. Redfish, for the Swore 99 Super Chat. Sorry if this is off topic. That's quite all right. You Super Chat us, yeah. we'll answer uh, but just got here is Evans and Mayfield Bucks uh, at present. Can they come to one buck or work with coaches, et cetera? Not really. Um, I mean, they can go to the facility, but the, 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 this, the end of the season is, is they're, they're supposed to have some break here. I mean, you, you can talk to your coaches in the offseason, but it's not supposed to be about football. You can work out, I think, but I don't think you can work out yet with the strength coaches because that's like phase one of the OTAs. So there are some some rules as it pertains to um, coaches' contact with, with players, et cetera. But I'm telling you right now, these dudes, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> they want nothing to do with one bug in your place for a while. They have to re reset, recharge. It might be a rep for Gasparilla. Maybe some guys say yes. Gasparilla. But yeah. Exactly. But it's vacation time. If they want to watch some film, they can do that. Uh, but at the same time with technology, Matt, it's you call up the video guy and say, can you download these games on my iPad? And they yeah. just put them in the cloud and, and just download them. So um, we're, we're not going to see a lot of players uh, in and around the team facility until, you know, probably April. Yeah, that's, uh, that's true. Yeah, but I know one guy that's not going anywhere and that is Eric Gross in the Eric Gross Group. That's right. He's the official realtor of Pewter Report for a very good reason. Why he's the best in the business when it comes to real estate, not just in this market, but in the state of Florida. Uh, Eric is is a Tampa native. He also is a huge Tampa Bay fan. But the thing about Eric that makes him really special is just he knows what he's doing when it comes to buying and selling houses. He can help you make the most money for the sale of your home and find the best value for you and the best a uh, home, not just a house, but a home for you if you're in the market to buy. 
Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off of the home ownership experience. Find them on Facebook and Instagram at Eric Gross Group or on their website, housesinfla.com. That's housesinfla.com. Great website, great layout, awesome inventory. You can also give Eric a call at 513-907-4271. And uh, just make sure that you are calling Eric Gross and the Eric Gross Group if you're in need of buying or selling a house. And we've got more Peter Report content for you on our website, PeterReport.com. And make sure you follow us on social media, on X, Facebook, Instagram. And that's at Peter Report. And, of course, Peter Report TV. That's our YouTube channel. And make sure you stay tuned tomorrow for tomorrow's show, which will be the season awards for the defensive side. And on Monday at 7 o'clock, Bucks Senior Bowl targets. We're going to be previewing the Senior Bowl there. Lots of stuff coming up, Matt, on Peter Report yep. TV. So that'll do it for us. For Scott, I'm Matt. See everyone tomorrow. Peace out. Out.